0: Welcome back to another edition of At the Buzzer with Ralph Report. Um as you know, I am your co host Jack Barsh. Over there, your other co host, Sam Mativier. Um but more importantly, we have the namesake of the podcast on the podcast. Mr. Sabatino Chan is joining us today. How are you doing, Sabatino? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. This was, this was the goal of the podcast. This, I, this might be the last episode. We can just shut it down after this. <laughs> that There's nice. no other point. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Um, we are, we are just starting basketball season up in Colorado. Um, and CU actually had one of the latest starts out of any team, partially because they played their first game in China, um, which was this past Friday, Colorado played a weird, it was like a weird non-conference thing with Arizona state. Um, so this is dot count doing uh, towards the conference record. Um but they came away victorious in China eight, 81 to 71 is that right Sam 81 71 Yeah you're right Yep um and that was I mean that game pretty much had everything you wanted to see do you have any thoughts about that that Sam or Settino
1: Um overall I thought yeah I mean I thought they played well is it was a, that would be a tough game playing like a conference team but non conference and Yeah. Overseas and in China with all the jet lag time difference adjusting that way. Um, But, yeah, so I thought that was really impressive. thought they look good. Their big guys look good, which they haven't been really healthy in the past. So that was good to see.
2: Yeah, I – I mean, my thoughts were, I was just happy with, I thought the game would be a blowout from the start. I don't know why I just had the feeling all week that it would be. And then I was so happy when they started building the lead. And then once they started losing the lead, I was like, ah, this is CU basketball. (laughs) But they held on. So that was great to see the resiliency. Um, But I I love this team's like, uh, their toughness. Like, their resiliency with... Like, they've been tested the past two years and they've been losing a lot of those games because they've been so young. But I'm happy to see how tough they are.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was... To me, that was, like, the, it was the most tag game ever, right? It was just, like, this team is really good. goes out to a hot start, hot start. And then a run is always going to come. And um, it's, you know, it's sad boil. He's not... There's not going to be a timeout he calls until it's, like, pretty deep into the run. Um, and also, I kind of agree, like... If you're in – if it's a non-conference game in China, it's the first game of the year, I feel like that's the time where you just, you just see what your team's made of, right? Where you see if your team can stop the run on their own, um, which they did. Um, and that was, I think it was a start of the second half, Arizona State came out with their hair on fire. Remy Martin was just hitting everything, and I love Remy Martin, but he was just killing – see you on the break and then uh i I don't know they recovered and i think that speaks to what you were talking about sam where they you know they for two years they built the ability to recover and now they can reap that reward (sighs) so let's see uh uh, i think tyler bay had a double double right he was it was it 17 points and 12 boards or 15 points and 12 boards. One of those. Yeah, really 15 tough. and 12. Yeah, jeez. And that was, and I, I think, I guess that was a little bit of a slow start for him too. Um, he looks so, in the second half, his second jump is so fast. He just got so many of those loose, loose balls or quick layups, and then just put him back in. Yeah, yeah, he gets like quiet double doubles, which is really good to have. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I feel like it's also hard to do a quiet double <laughs> double in college right. basketball, but. Yeah. Uh, um, McKinley Wright had a pedestrian 17.7 rebounds and 5 assists Um, you know it's exactly what everyone expects him to be at this point which is insane Um, and I don't know I was really impressed with Uh, I thought Sean Schwartz was great
2: yeah I was going to say my guy Uh, 13 points in the first half and he kind of carried the offense at times scored when McKinley wasn't making shots so he kept the lead when Bay and McKinley weren't hitting anything
0: yeah I mean God he is so polished on the offensive end. I'm Tito. Do you yeah.
2: do you do you have a penchant like do you love Tad Boyle's love for lefties? Because you're obviously a lefty. Yeah, I think he,
1: he does a good job finding like at least one lefty to have on his team. <laughs> I know when I was there it was me and uh, Xavier Johnson, so
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I think Trawn Fletcher took that mantle for a while. Yep, yep um dalen koontz is also a lefty so i think there's two on this team too what,
2: what, um, what is it is it do you, are you guys just craftier i think you guys <laughs> are but
1: yeah I've, I've been told like lefties are craftier i think it just helps to have that because I, I remember when i was playing i was i would always line up on the right side and a ski booker would always line up on the left side so like when we were coming off pick and roll i'm going to my strong hand and he's going to his strong hand
2: so that's why tad boyle loves lefties
1: um. Yeah, maybe. I don't think he just – he probably doesn't just go looking for lefties, but if he sees a one he likes, then, like, I think that always just helps having that balance on the court mm-hmm. versus having, like, one guard having to come off to his weak hand all the time.
0: Yeah, do you um, notice that the defenders are, are less – I feel like they'd be less comfortable defending – uh, towards the left dominant hand just because there's so many like you know for 80% of the time at least it's gonna, they're trying to defend on the right hand do you notice that they're, they're a little bit shakier on that side yeah you know
1: like I, you would think I, guess, I don't know I feel like with how many yeah you're not really going against lefties that much but I mean good players can go both ways but it must be something like yeah like that muscle memory where they're just used to sliding over to one side or not but yeah, I mean they have at the scouting report on me it would always be like, yeah, he goes left every time, but I'd, <laughs> I'd still manage a way to get that way.
0: Um, yeah, so just to finish up on this game, um, you know, CU had nice balanced scoring. I uh, I felt like the offense pretty much hummed for most of the game, um, and the defense was there when they needed it. Um, you always want to start off with a, a win against a Power 5 opponent on a neutral site. That's always great for RPI, and that's great in general for your confidence. And
2: it um, helps, too. Uh, CU isn't going to be playing a team, like, that quick and that aggressive in transition. And ASU is normally like that, but they were especially so with that because they were out Ramella White and Tayshawn Cherry. Yep. So that's something to note, that we're not going to see a team like that until Arizona State again.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah, I think what was it? It was the Eddie House's kid, right? It was that Jalen House. Yeah, he was, yeah, and he was just well, on ball the entire game.
2: Yeah, okay, I have a question for Sabatino. Yeah. Um so I mean, you played in Taiwan after your CU career, right? Mhm. Okay, do you, So the obviously the game, the culture is a bit different with there if you were a CU player who had never been to the area, didn't really know what to expect, what would like surprise you about traveling there or playing there? Um, I guess traveling there,
1: my biggest shock was just, I mean, I was in Taipei, like a big, uh, that's the capital of Taiwan. Um, and big cities like Shanghai is even bigger. So like, I mean, it's, to me it's like a New York City, but like on steroids. Like you just feel like overwhelmed. Like there's just a ton of people. Um, a little different vibe, tons of cars. There's scooters like everywhere. So like that was my biggest shock when I first got there. Um playing there, uh they just they have they have good energy. Like they, they love basketball in Taiwan and in China, they love basketball also. So I always had I always thought they had a good energy, good vibe. It was always fun to play in front of those crowds. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, that's good. Oh, okay, and we saw the CU fans, uh, the local fans who are wearing all the CU stuff. I thought that was cute, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was nice. They made it the, was a long trip they had to make.
0: <laughs> uh, wasn't Yao Ming there too? Yeah, right? he was. Yeah, that is. I mean, how many times did CU Yao Ming watch CU play? I feel like that's the one and only, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, first and only. <laughs> Uh, right. Well, I think we can put that game to bed and get to the get to the full interview questions if that's all right with everyone. Um, I know Sam, you've had some, you've had a lot of, you've had ten years worth of questions built up. <laughs> <but> <laughs> you just take a stab at them.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm ready. Hmm, let's see. Okay. So, um, like, we've been thinking about, like, CU's, like, tournament expectations and, like, where to kind of put them on a map compared to other CU teams. And I think one of the clear-cut uh, comparisons would be your senior year when you guys had just made the NCAA tournament and then you were coming back with uh, Andre Robertson and Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. Um And what were your guys' expectations like? Like, you had made the NCAA tournament the year before, and you were very much expected to the next year.
1: Yeah, um, that was – yeah, it was very different than the year before because, like, where no one kind of expected us to do anything that year, right? Um,
2: And that would be – sorry, that would be the year that you guys won the Pac-12 championship. Sorry, I
1: forgot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my junior year where we won it. um, That was kind of – that was. Everyone knows that story it was crazy. Winning four games, four nights. Uh, no one really expected us to do that. Um, but yeah, then the following year, a lot more expectations. Um, I'd say our that team is a little different than this team in the just respect of like. I feel like this team probably has a little more experience just being together for. They're all like almost all the main players this year. Are juniors, a couple seniors. Um, where that year, my senior year. Um, it was just me and uh, Shane was the other one that graduated, but then we had like that huge freshman class, uh, like Josh Scott, uh, Xavier Johnson, Wesley Gordon, Xavier Talton, um, Chris Jenkins. So like, that was a little different in that respect. Like we had some, our main guys back, but we also had a, a lot of new faces there. So that was the toughest challenge that year.
0: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I guess, I guess that's interesting, um, I always figured, I guess in my head, I always thought that the 2012 team was more experienced than this one, but I, I, that is a lot of freshmen. Maybe it's just because those freshmen played right away. Was, was there a, a challenge there, I guess, getting them up to speed? Or was, you know, Josh Scott and David Johnson obviously contributed four years, and we all know how solid they both are. Were, mm-hmm. were, they, coming in, were they ready to play right when they stepped on campus? Or was there a learning curve? I mean, they were ready to play just based off
1: their, like, talent. Um, and also like we need like Josh started right away. Um, Xavier Johnson would start a few games. Me and him would kind of switch like some games he'd start some games I would start depending on the matchup. Mm. Um, but, so like they're ready right away. But then they, I mean like all freshmen you have some learning curve um, like dealing with inconsistency getting like the defensive rotations down. Um, I remember Josh Scott was like dominating the first half of the season that when we got to conference play teams just started doubling him. Um, yeah. so he had to make that adjustment and he was, he had some growing pains in that area being a freshman that's normal. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean like our main guys like me, Spencer, ski, Andre, uh, we also had Shane, Jeremy Adams. We were all, um, yeah, we were pretty experienced from that previous run, but kind of having to combine new faces that played a lot of minutes was mm-hmm. always tough
0: <clears throat> and did would would you say winning four games in four days was was that like I guess was that did that have a lasting impact obviously it was it still hasn't happened right it, it was like a once-in-a-lifetime ridiculous <laughs> run um but w- would you say that changed the I guess the, the culture or like the, what what you were expecting for the next year just in terms of like confidence or, or chemistry
1: Um, yeah, probably, I mean, probably with confidence, just like now, like, I guess teams kind of had to recognize us, like that we were in a pushover, you know, like we were always gonna, even like game, even that year where we didn't win the conference tournament. Um, we, we still made the NCAA tournament. It was ranked sometime in the year, but like we were teams like recognized us. So we, and we would put up a good fight every game, even if we didn't come away with the win. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely that that like I always remember that weekend. That was like the craziest weekend I've ever lived through. Um, I hope it happens again, but that's that's tough to win four games, four nights like back to back like that, mm-hmm. like an AAU tournament.
0: I guess yeah, like an a <laughs> yeah, except for everyone there is like D one power five players. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I
2: guess like the the difference between. That type of run and this type of run this year is that this year, hopefully we're hoping for that first round bye so it will only be three games and three nights. <laughs> yeah, that that helps a lot. Um, NCU yeah, they can do it. NCU has three former starters on their bench, like Shane Gatling, Lucas Hewitt, and Dallas Walton. They're all just sitting on the bench, so it's just crazy.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I was talking about. Like I feel like they have just a more well-rounded, solid, like experienced team. Like even like my. My my junior year, senior year, like, I was on the bench my junior year. Um, Skia, he started, I think, it's, did Skia start that first year? I can't remember. He, he probably switched on and on, but he went to, like, being, like, that sixth man, like, that spark off the bench that year. We Nate was starting. Run. Yeah, Nate was starting and Spencer was starting. Yeah, ski came off the bench, was, like, that sixth man, just instant points off the bench. So then he came into a starting role. Um, I came into a starting role, Xavier Johnson Josh Scott came into a starting role, so it was a little different in that sense mm-hmm.
2: and then, okay so i 'm going to ask you about two road games that year, one of which we'll, we have a lot of questions about, but the first okay. of which applies to uh, this season. You guys traveled to Allen Fieldhouse Ugh. to play Kansas. <laughs> yeah, um, you guys got the blown or the doors blown off, lost ninety to fifty four but wow, was that bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> I, didn't, I honestly didn't remember that score. I just know we sucked. <laughs> well, that was a really good Kansas team. <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> but um, okay, so CU is playing there this year. Um, what 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 makes that place rock? I guess like what what makes it a weird place to play. Man, yeah, that
1: was that was probably one of the craziest environments I've ever played in. Um, even like, like I'd compare it to like a tournament game, like championship game, you know. Um, probably what makes it rock, I think they, they their capacity is like, like double the size of the course. And also just like their stands, it just it keeps going up. And like it's a big field house, but they pack it. It just feels like their crowd noise is just like on top of you. And um, I remember that Kansas team had a really, like, we struggled dealing with their full-court press for some reason. Um, And so, like, when they're pressuring you and you have, like, the fans just, like, on your back the whole time and, like, you're already, like, in a 10-point hole, like, it kind of just snowballed on us. And we, yeah, we didn't respond well to that.
2: Yeah, so that team had Ben McLemore, who was a top 10 pick. Yeah, lottery pick. They had Jeff Withey at center. And then they had Perry Ellis, a freshman, but that was the first of nine years for Perry Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so do you think that like this team, this CU team, has the like the resolve to at least like put up a fight or maybe even get close to an upset this year at Kansas?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know. I haven't, I don't know much about Kansas's team this year, uh, but I remember at uh, Kansas usually always has pretty good, like bigs, right. Yep. Um, I think that's what we struggled with the most is just like, it was like, I mean, you go like their center with the, I think he was a senior that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then going up against Josh Scott, a freshman, right? Like that's, that's a tough matchup right mm-hmm. away, right there. Um, and then off the bench, so it's not like we had other bigs that we could come in to like, really like that, like CU's biggest problem, like past few years, like we're always kind of smaller, but we have a lot of good guards. We play up and down. So that's kind of like how that works. But where Kansas has their, like they're more like inside first. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, but I think this year we definitely have like a lot of the pieces. Like Evan Batty's been playing amazing. Um, you got Tyler Bay being like a, like Andre Roberson like all over the place, and then um, yeah, other other big Lucas. Hopefully Dallas can start getting some more runs. So.
2: Yeah, that's all. Um, and then I was thinking like Dallas Walton could have like a Ben Mills type game against uh, Kansas if need be. When <laughs> yeah. Ben Mills shut down Joel Embiid the next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then the the second road game that I have to ask you about. You guys are playing 18-0 Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) You have a career-high 15 points, but it should have been 18 points. Mm -hmm. They robbed me of that one. (laughs) So, yeah, so you guys were on the road pulling off the upset, basically. And then at the buzzer, which is where our name comes from, you you chuck a shot and it banks in. <laughs> and then the review shows that it was good, yeah?
1: The review, uh, I think the ref called it good on the court. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, and I thought watching the replay was good, but then, yeah, they kind of broke our hearts that night. <laughs> yeah
2: well, it was good based on <laughs> yeah exactly that's, I, mean, I think the majority, majority
1: is. of it yeah, it's like that rule if everyone in the bar thinks it's good, it it should be good,
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and then yeah it, the then the upset didn't quite hold in overtime just because that Arizona team was stacked, but <laughs> do you do you think that your guys' season would have changed at all if you had gotten that win? changed,
1: uh, man. I mean, maybe like, I don't think it would have changed that much. I think even like the committee didn't like hold that, like, might have even gave us some like credibility when it came to like seating. So I don't know if it would have changed much that way. Um, just because I think, I think even the following week, like, Arizona went down in the rankings after beating us or so supposedly beating us. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it, like I don't know if it would have changed. Like in our minds, we beat them, even though like, and we still learned a lot from that game. Like we, I mean, we were up like like 15 at one point, or maybe more, and like we blew a 10 point lead like with two minutes left. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I don't know if it would change. Like, I, we we still were confident. Felt like we could play with anyone that year. Um, we we went down and like punched them in the face in that in their own arena. So we we were pretty confident after that. Still.
2: Oh, they fell all the way down to number seven after losing an away game at Oregon, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. difficult. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then... did the oh, way that ahead. game end... Did the way that game end give you a little more... Was there a little more juice when they came to Coors Event Center on, on Valentine's Day? Uh, oh, they yeah, won I by think... What, 15, something like that, 13, yeah. Yeah, I just
1: remember, I think, like, I just remember... It that game feeling like I didn't I mean I didn't have like an amazing game that I don't even know if I scored that game. Um but uh I just remember feeling like we were just in control that whole game, like there's no chance we were losing that. Right. <laughs> it's like the karma gods were just in no way we were losing.
0: That. Uh just to double check. Yeah, you played seventeen minutes, um and you took one shot. No points, but yeah, took a yeah. shot.
2: Hey he had he had an assist.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, hey man, defense was And I probably guys, locked down under. uh Nick Johnson. How many points did he have? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Nick Johnson it was uh, 9 points. So, I uh, think you're right.
1: Yeah, man. Well,
2: you're, you're close the NBA, to the but... 17 trillion on the box score, but
0: <laughs> which is uh yeah, what, what was that? Is that minutes and all zeros? Is that right Sam? Yeah. I don't
2: know. Yeah, yeah, that's a trillion. Right. Yeah. right. Hey, no
0: man, tur- no turnovers, hopefully so. <laughs>
2: Oh no! You had a turnover.
0: Nah. Ridiculous. One <laughs> hey, to one turnover ratio. That's fine. Yeah. It must be.
2: It must be weird as hell to like look back at your games and just see all your stats ever are logged. You know, I haven't like gone through
1: games like that, but it's good to it's good going through memory lane with you guys. So.
2: <laughs> well, thanks for going down it with us. This is a very nostalgic point for me because this is when I started following CU basketball like obsessively.
1: Yeah, so when did you guys like, – are you guys current students right now or are you already graduated? Uh, no, we I, both graduated, yeah. Uh, okay.
2: Yeah, I graduated this past year. Your guys' tournament run when I was in, like, eighth grade. Okay, nice. Yeah,
0: yeah uh, I graduated, I guess, oh, geez, two years ago? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I don't like yes. that, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I've just followed for a while in one of the – Yes, yeah. One of the first games I remember was oh boy, was it? It was a buzzer beater in my high school year. Uh, I think it was twenty twelve. I'm trying to remember what game that was. Um, but it was yeah. It, it, I mean, just the whole. I love Tab Boyle's whole like culture. Um, I guess as someone who who picks years of college and then started following more closely, um, I I really. I guess appreciate that his teams always like fought first. Right. I guess that's uh, how I would describe it. Like mm. th- you're never going to out really tough a tab team. If he has a say, like y- you always <laughs> scrapped for balls, you worked hard um, and you just grinded teams down, which I, I, I just love that style of play. Um, yeah. w- I guess, would you say that's accurate? Would you say that's how he is as a coach? No.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like with him, I mean, you've heard it from his press conference, like defense, it was always like our first priority. Um, yeah, there'd be games like where we had good offense was, like we'd score a lot but like at the same time if we gave up a lot of field goals we didn't rebound well um he'd still like be on us so we had that yeah we always his teams usually always have that mindset just scrapping playing hard defense and then the offense comes from he lets us play our game on offense so, like there's not a lot of pressure on the offensive end but defensively he's always um yeah getting into us helping us Wanting us to do better on defense.
2: And so, Sabatino, so I went to DU my freshman year. uh, And you went there, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you transferred there after two years for the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, But I interviewed uh, Joe Scott at DU. Okay. And I was asking him about you. And he. (laughs) How did that go? (laughs) Well, he just said that he loves you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that you're the type of player he liked to coach, which is. A nice compliment, I guess, for a Princeton-type guy who is now coaching Anthony Edwards at Georgia. So,
0: Oh, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> is that where he's at right now? Yeah,
2: yeah I, I didn't, didn't know. He's, is he head coach there? No, he's a assistant. Okay. All right. Yeah.
1: I didn't know that either. No, yeah. I, I mean, I like my two years at DU. I, I played with a lot of great guys there. Um, just that I felt like that Princeton offense just wasn't really suited for me. Um uh, yeah, that's the main reason why I ended up transferring to CU. You didn't get homesick? That's why I transferred to CU. <laughs> that's why you got homesick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Denver's far. It's yeah. especially with traffic. That's a good 30, 40 minutes.
2: <laughs> I'm not even kidding though. <laughs> <laughs> I went home every weekend. Did you was really? Yeah. I yeah. I I need to be home. But okay. <laughs>
1: Oh. Yeah, well, I didn't I feel that much. Even I see you, I don't. I was like, oh, I, yeah. I lived in Louis. I live in Louisville, so like right down the street. But oh yeah, tried to not make too many trips. So.
2: And then you're local. You went to Monarchs. That's cool. That yep. we had a local star.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jack, do you have questions? Um. Out yeah, of I here. guess. Like, I I have just a few more questions about um tad just because you know him pretty well you coached with him for or you he coached you for two years I guess um he's i i think I guess from the outside looking in he's really good at keeping old players connected or or forever buffs connected would you have, do you still like interact with tad or the program in any official way or does he ever talk to you still yeah
1: um i have text i text him I would text him when I'm like overseas uh, whenever I make it home I make it a point to pop in the office see if he's around see the other assistants yeah um and i know other guys do the same when they're in town um but yeah he's definitely done a good job and then that like see you tur- or that the tournament has been great bringing in even that older generation oh yeah that's right. um, together so we all yeah we've all gotten a lot closer in that sense
0: yeah so i when you i guess when you were there the the staff was it was mike roan it was john prelude i believe right mm-hmm. and it yep. was uh about a marco is that right Yep, a bit of Marco, and then
2: uh, Coach Billups.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um,
2: and then Billups replaced Joe Scott at DU. Okay, everything's yep. circling back.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> no, that's true, Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess Ron is, Ron is still there. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about like what he does as an assistant coach, um, I know Jean Prelude just got his head coach job. And I think he actually just led San Jose State to an upset last week. Um, so good for coach Pre. but I, who was your, I guess, who, which coach did you work with the most? Hmm.
1: I'd say probably coach Pre or coach Billups. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Cause Ron is big guys, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. so in practice, yeah, Ron would always work with the big guys. Pre would be with us, the guards. Um, my first couple of years, right, I, don't, I think Coach Phillips couldn't do a lot of coaching. I think maybe that first year he was actually – I forget the position where, like, you're not really allowed to do any coaching on the court.
0: The Nate Tomlinson position, the one yeah. that he's doing right now? <laughs>
1: yeah, know. yeah. Um, and then I think the next year when better Marco left, uh, he moved up. But um, I, I'd always worked with Rodney – um, kind of like, not maybe more off season. Like he, he, like he could. He, I was closer with him just from growing up. He's a Colorado kid, also. Right. I'd play yeah. like uh, pick up against him and some of his Denver teams when he would be playing. So, um, but yeah, definitely Coach Pre I worked with the most. But Coach Ron, I mean, he's a great coach. Like I, I always, I always make a point to see him too. Like mm-hmm. he's living now in Superior. His kids go to Monarch, so we always have some oh. conversations. Yeah.
0: Nice. Um, yeah, I guess I, I just wanted to finish up. I know, like you said, Tad focuses on defense and rebounding a lot. Um, and I'm, I think it's pretty obvious he's, he's consistent with like, I don't think what he says to the media is any different than what he says to his team. I think he's pretty, um, pretty much Tad in all facets of his life. <laughs> uh, um, would you say like, you said he lets you do his own, your own thing on offense. He's pretty, um, it looks like he's pretty hands-off. Would you say he's, like, a a classic players coach? Like, is he pretty easy for the players to get along with and want to play for?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Like, I never felt, like, it's hard when you're playing and, like, you're constantly, like, having to, like, look over your shoulder, you know, like, if you mess up. Right. um, You make, you do a turnover, you miss a shot, but I never, with playing for him those two years, I never felt that way, like, he gives you that confidence to like, I mean, he wants you to know your role. Like if you're out there just shooting bad shots, he's going to let you know. But um, if you're taking good shots, if you, if you turn it over trying to make a good play, like he's going to just say, move on go to the next play. Um, But yeah, the one thing he won't tolerate is like, uh, like laziness on defense or if you, you miss your, like a rotation, like two times in a row, like he's going to be kind of on you. You might be right in the pine for a little bit until you kind of correct those rotations. So, <laughs> but on offense, yeah, he always like he let us play our game. We'd have our structure, like our motion offense. If we, we'd run our plays, but um, when things in the flow of motion, he let us be who we are. Trying mm-hmm. kind of pick and roll, attacking. So,
2: so it seems like like CU has only really had a strong offense when they have like a transcendent type point guard who yep. can create everything. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I mean it. it I mean, it definitely helps having like I mean it's Spencer Dinwiddie who's doing really well now, so that, that definitely helps. Uh, yeah, I remember like when I was playing, being able to play with like Spencer and Andre and even like, like Skia offensive like weapon. Just
2: oh, and Carlon ran too. Like he was running the offense a lot.
1: Oh yeah, my that first my junior year, yeah, mm-hmm. he yeah he was really good. Um, so being able to play with guys like that, it definitely helps having that that's found it, that leader of the point guard and like McKinley Wright this year I think is that comparison how he can kind of he can take over game scoring or kind of be more distributive I think he almost yeah, yeah, 1775 that's a really good line yeah
0: that's a good line.
2: <laughs> and then like speaking of point guards I guess this one would be like the not quite as talented as Dinwiddie but uh, are you happy to see Nate Tomlinson on the coaching staff
1: <laughs> I, yeah I'm extremely happy I think I don't think anyone is surprised by that. Like, he was that. Uh, he'd always be that like second coach like on the court, basically. Um, yeah, I don't know. He just had great leadership. Always like his presence. Uh, it was always just he was great person to play with. I learned a lot from him like during my red shirt year, and then even that second year when we made that tournament run. So it's great seeing him back in black and gold.
0: And yeah, he, we, I mean, we agree. <laughs> I think he, I think he's super fun to watch in general yeah the guy gets into it
2: and then he coached in China before CU which is fun so that yeah, he got to his go dad has, yeah cause his dad has been a coach in China for a while now so yeah so it's good to see that everything's everything's always circling back <laughs> and then CU they have to go again this January they have to go to Arizona we'll see what happens there <laughs> Nice. Be fun. Yeah, I I need to catch a
1: game at Arizona sometime.
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they can show you on the
1: big screen. (laughs) Yeah, bring some bad omens over there.
2: Okay, Uh, Tino, Last question. Okay. Um, Do you have like what's your final expectation for this team? Like twenty four wins ish, somewhere around there.
1: Yeah. I'd say, yeah. 22, 24 wins. That's, I think that's a reasonable expectation from this team. Um, yeah. And at least, you know, a tournament bid. So that'd be good. What do you, hey. is
0: that where you guys have them around 24
1: <laughs> wins? I mean, oh, have yeah. you guys like gone through the schedule trying to,
0: yeah, I'm, I might be a little more optimistic than both of you. I just, <laughs> you know, I guess I always just am, but, um, there's how many I guess there's only a few teams I can count on, on my hand that we play that I, I feel like CU can't will have a talent deficiency or even an experience deficiency um, I think mm-hmm. if, if you have talent and experience on your side you're going to win way more than you lose so um, I don't know I'm I'm, I'm excited to watch them play and I think the chemistry is evident every time I step on the court um, yeah. which helps which I guess helps avoid pitfalls too <laughs>
1: trying to... Look, so I always remember like tough games like at Wyoming we always played really bad. Which no we, we... Yeah,
0: CU plays Wyoming in a neutral site this year. Uh, um, neutral, okay, well, that's bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're not going... Uh, what do they call it up there? The, I forget. It, I, I don't know why. We just... It, always, no, it's the hole something like that. They Yeah, that place is the whole, a nightmare.
1: Yeah. We just always would have like, I don't know, no energy going into those games for some reason. Like... <sighs> And Wyoming would always just kind of not, not like catch us off guard because we know they're like good, but
2: yeah,
0: we yeah. That was under very shy. It well, their are stadium's a, a little higher. Solid.
2: Maybe maybe you guys were having the opposite elevation adjustment. That <laughs> yeah, we compared we,
1: to you guys. We weren't. Yeah, maybe those little, they're like a what couple thousand feet higher than
0: us.
2: So. Mhm. Yeah, that could be it. Could <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> be you guys just okay. Whatever. Okay.
0: Well. Yeah, that's uh, it. That's it on my end, Sam. <laughs> if you have anything else, yeah, I've. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm good. All right. Well, once again, Sabatino, thank you for taking the time this morning. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, and now at the buzzer is. Uh, I think it's complete. At least season one is complete. What else do we need? This Everything is the person back. who made the shot at the buzzer. <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs>